Hello there. Welcome to the Open Agenda podcast with me, Will Luca, and my co-host, Nat Schaefer. We are both journalism graduates from the University of Gloucestershire, deciding to come together and start a podcast. We aim to be conversational and topical, discussing the subjects we take great interest in, such as current affairs, politics, the media, and conversations about everyday life. We hope you enjoy the episodes we release. And don't forget to check us out on social media, at OpenAgendaPod on Twitter. I've just seen reports on Twitter that there was a Downing Street Christmas party on Friday night. Do you recognise those reports? <laughs> I went home. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Um, uh, uh, Would the Prime Minister condone uh, having a Christmas? <laughs> What's the answer? I don't know. I didn't wasn't the party. It was cheese and wine. Just clear, it's not. Is cheese and wine all right? No. It was a business no. meeting. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> this is recorded. This fictional party was a business meeting. <laughs> and it was not socially distanced. <laughs> Um, one more, and then we'll one more. Um, ask anybody have any questions today? Okay, Nat. So after watching that video on ITV News with Allegra Stratton and that team of Downing Street staff joking about cheese and wine and parties in Number Ten, I don't know. I, I don't know what to say really. It's um. It's just, um, yeah, it's, in, in a way, it's just, like, it's so predictable and yet so, like, just infuriating um, that there's not really any words for it. Well, the whole point of it is is that the Daily Mirror reported last week mm. that a party took place in Downing Street on the 18th of December last year, 2020, when we were all bearing the brunt of yeah. a virus which was spreading rapidly. We did have hope that the first vaccines were being delivered. Margaret Keenan, it's a year this week, obviously, since she got her first yeah. dose, the first ever person in the world to get a vaccine against COVID. But when the Daily Mail reported it, and for, for the last week, we've had government ministers and basically the government going on the airways to say no party took place, all the rules are followed, and then all of a sudden we get a a bombshell scoop by Paul Brand at ITV News, really good journalism, and now that video, although it's a rehearsal of Downing Street's proposed media briefings with Allegra Stratton as the Prime Minister's spokeswoman making jokes about cheese and wine and parties and also the staff saying it wasn't even a party, it was just cheese and wine, well what is what what constitutes a party in your mind now? Cheese and wine, party games. They're saying it doesn't look like a party, but to me, and I'm sure to you, that looks like a party to me. Yeah, like well, <laughs> well, a party for me is like if there's people there, like gathered, and they're, you know, just like having fun, basically enjoying each other's company, celebrating, possibly, um, as as distinct from like a work meeting, and also. In quotes, what Allegra Stratton said jokingly at that lectern, she said, this fictional party yeah. was a business meeting and it was not socially distanced. <laughs> now, those are the rules at the time mm. when we had, you know, tier three, tier two, whatever. Um, 
and the rules are the rules that we had to have social distancing yeah. and we were trying to st and mm. stop mixing within households and they weren't doing it right and mm. now it's as i said now it does leave you breathless mm. that and, and and speechless that this could have happened in downing street and i think that yeah for sure most likely it did happen and they're just they're just not yeah. capable of admitting it publicly mm. and we also know that as well as the 18th of december last year there are multiple reports that several other events took place within downing mm. street yeah <clears throat> yeah, it's up to seven, isn't it? They're saying. Yeah, up to seven. So we have a t I have a timeline in front of me actually. So thirteenth of November, twenty twenty, uh, sources have told numerous uh, media platforms, including the BBC, uh, that several Downing Street staff members attended a gathering with Carrie Johnson, of course, the Prime Minister's wife, who of course has had another baby. Prime, uh, Prime Minister uh, has got another daughter, of course. Aside from politics, personally, obviously, congratulations to the Prime Minister. It's obviously a, a joyful moment when you, you have children, of course. But that gathering with, with Carrie Johnson in the flat, where the Prime Minister and his wife, of course, live, some of the sources saying that music was blaring out. Uh, it was it was also the same date that, that Dominic Cummings left as the Prime Minister's chief advisor. And then we know from other sources that the 27th of November, another Downing Street aide, Clear Watson, uh, left Downing Street... Uh, so they had a, they just marked a, 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 an event, but sources have said it was not formally uh, organised, but people were having drinks and, and Boris Johnson made a speech. 10th of December, now this is the one that the Department of Education have owned up to, they owned up to that party, they had confirmed it was a gathering in the office, um, drinks and snacks, um, but that's the one that they owned up to, and I think that the Education Secretary, yeah. Nadine Zahawi, said that he has a, well, he's looking into it so who knows what happens there and of course 14th of De uh, december 2020 the conservatives uh, have confirmed in a report uh, which was reported in the times there was an unauthorized social gathering in the basement of their party's building held by the team of the london mayoral candidate at the time sean bailey now that mm. sources have described that as raucous with dancing and drinking going on to the early hours and of course another source have told many outlets including again the bbc and, and other news sources is that there was a christmas quiz for number 10 staff in the cabinet office at some point in december now now we also know that an investigation is actually going to happen uh, conducted by the cabinet secretary simon case now he's the he's the top civil servant in the land but <laughs> this is for you to answer that i'll let you come in and talk is that we don't even know if Downing Street doesn't even know if the cabinet secretary attended any of these parties. Yeah, that's that's a, a bit dodgy. Should at least sort of clear that up before he does any investigating into it. I'll let, also, I'll ask you again. Mm. What do you take away from the fact that the Prime Minister at PMQs this week said he apologises for that video yeah. and said that he was sickened by it, mm. but Surely he's not suggesting that he only just found out about it when ITV News reported on it on the news mm. at six this week, yeah. just gone. Right. I mean, at the very least, like, even if he hadn't been there, and I suspect he was, 
like he's the, he's the prime minister he's the leader of the party that supposedly um had that party sorry there's a, um, a bit of a wordplay there um surely he would have known before most anyone else you've seen that video had it shown him and i think another point is is that if you live inside downing street how do you not know what's going inside downing street yeah. right mm. and also i'll just point this out now because it is important for uh, the rules mm. is that yeah. i don't know if you you saw i put it on my instagram stories that there was a tweet by it was this time last year in the 18th of december by uh, a twitter uh, account uh, someone called mick bailey who asked, he literally asked the government can i hold christmas parties in a house during lockdown and the government's twitter feed actually responded to him saying hi mick although there are exemptions for work purposes you must not have a work christmas lunch or party where that is primarily social activity and is not otherwise permitted by the rules in your tier because of course we were in tiers so the government were telling mm. mick what to do when secretly in downing street they are having a boozy uh, yeah a boozy christmas party yeah and, and yeah exactly and that's that's why this is such a scandal is and an outrage is because you know they're setting the rules and then not um, abiding by themselves that's how it would appear and of course london london at the time in december 2020 was in mm. tier three again yeah. go back to the tiers it then went into tier four which is the highest level of restrictions on the 21st of december and of course mm. the law banned gatherings of two or more people indoors unless it was reasonably necessary for work mm. um there was also a specific uh prohibition on organizing uh, indoor gatherings of more than 30 people those were the rules at the time and there are reports suggesting that uh to do with the law that maybe there would have needed to be an agreement with westminster city council for the regulations to apply in downing street so there's even talk that the regulations didn't even apply to downing street mm. so they just it goes back to that phrase that that, that labor have been trotting out quite a lot and it mm. is important to say that it's one rule for them, another for us. Yeah. It's exactly so, right. Now, I think that your thoughts on this are just as valuable as mine. What do you also make of... The Metropolitan Police says it is not currently investigating allegations. Yeah, I mean, that's... <clears throat> again, that's quite like, unsettling, really. It's like... I, I know they've said, like, oh, we don't, we don't investigate crimes that happened um, in the past. Um, but... That is that's factually untrue. Like they they've they've investigated past crimes before. Like Keir Starmer at PMQs, like said, like I I led the Department for Public Prosecutions. I can tell you that's false. The Met does investigate past crimes, and so they can't really use that to get out of an investigation. Um, I I, I don't know. Um. Who, where, where that line's originated with, whether it's the Tory party or the Met themselves. Obviously, obviously we don't know this, um, sure. but there is a suspicion and talk that the Metropolitan Police are not investigating mm. this as sort of a favour for Cressida Dick because of the Sarah Everard case and Wayne Cousins. Yeah. So a favour for a favour. Obviously, we can't confirm that. We don't know whether mm. that's true. 
but yes. there is talk that there's it's just it's just a cover up basically there's a mm. there's a, a pattern of cover up within this government mm. which has to be called out yeah and held accountable that's the most important thing but let's also remind listeners what happened to people who broke the rules during December 2020 in tier 4 3 whatever when we when we all had to abide by the guidance mm. and the rules between mm. March 2020 and January 2021 mm. 2982 fines were issued in England for participating mm. in a gathering inside a house or any indoor space in a tier 3 area 250 fines were issued in England for holding a gathering of more than 30 people so again i come back to the to the, to the saying it's one rule for them a rule for the rest of us there's even a story um uh of like a, a guy our age who like he was at, he was at a gathering um and it was at least thought i don't know whether it actually happened but it was thought that the police were going to break in and like get people done so this guy tried to hide and he ended up falling to his death out of a window or off a balcony one of the two so i mean that's that's just it's tragic obviously but you know that you get the feeling that that kind of thing you wouldn't happen at a downing street party and that's that really does just it's an outrage it does feel like an outrage because um, that undoubtedly there is anger um, across the country. Mm. People upset. Um, you know, you've you've seen it on the news. You've seen it in the papers that bereaved families are annoyed at this. Yeah. Um, particularly when you hear stories of of loved ones not being able to see their 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 their, their parents, elderly grandparents, uh, behind screens in care homes, and I yeah. thought the um, I don't know if you saw PMQ's that that question by the Labour uh, MP uh, Rosanna Allen Khan or Doctor Rosanna Allen Khan. Um, yeah, that intervention about three children seeing their dying mother on an iPad whilst parties had it down in streets. It is, it is a disgrace, Now I think that's the most important thing to say. And it's angered politicians, of course. It's angered the public. Labour have quite rightly attacked the government because they are allowed to. And I thought, now just to focus on PMQs this week, I thought that this is more focusing now on the Prime Minister and what, where he stands now, is that he said at Prime Minister, Prime Minister Questions that the leader of the opposition should stop playing mm. politics. Now, right, that's yeah. his job. <laughs> yeah, that's his job to play politics. Mm. It's it's such a weird line that gets used at, at PMQs and in in interviews with the um with the government. It's like playing politics. Like, what else are they expected to do? I mean, what does Boris Johnson think the House of Commons is there for? Is it just right. like? not to ask him questions or something. The House mm. of Commons and Prime Minister's Questions is pure political theatre. Of course you play politics in the House <laughs> of Commons. Yeah. Mm. And of course, there are, of course, um, many Conservative MPs who are saying it uh, uh, in terms of 
words they're saying to political journalists at the moment. Uh, some obviously sources remain anonymous because obviously journalists had to protect their sources. Is that one uh, Conservative MP has said that it's a disaster. Um, it's <laughs> almost now, I think that we're focusing on Boris Johnson here. Is that the Prime Minister? The buck stocks with him. And in all honesty, yeah. now I don't know what I'd, I'll get your view on this now because Allegra Stratton has resigned as the prime minister's spokesman. Must point that out. There is that statement she read outside yes. her home, obviously in tears and everything. I don't know whether mm. people will. It's for people to decide, for people to judge whether that's crocodile tears or genuine upset. Um, mm. But it's not. She's just the scapegoat here. It's the prime minister who, as I just said, the buck yeah. stops with him. Mm. It's his responsibility, and what do you think now? It's just like, <clears throat> it just seems like he's lost control. Yeah, yeah, and, and was it um, Jack Doyle, who was, the, um, was at the time was Deputy Director of Communications, he's now Boris Johnson's press chief. He's also resigned um, amid this whole fiasco. And But yeah, you, you're, you're quite right, Will. Um, I think that a lot of these resignations are sort of attempts to sort of, well, I say attempts, like they obviously do it themselves voluntarily, but it's like in a way it kind of distracts from, you know, obviously it is it's Boris's responsibility at the end of the day, um, him and his um, his cabinet or however, like they, they've got to, it's them that should be, um, paying the price for it really not um, anybody else I mean we know that Boris Johnson is a political figure who divides as much as he delights I mean there's no mm. doubt that he is a he's a controversial figure but he is also as the 2019 election showed us he is a winner mm. he did win that election mm. with a huge majority right under the right circumstances. And we have to point out that there are many things that Boris Johnson has done in the past which, of course, oh, do need to be scrutinised. Many things. I mean, mm. if people think this is bad, what else should people think as well in that? In terms of proroguing Parliament, lying to the Queen, the £350 mm. million <coughs> pounds on the side of a, yeah. of a Brexit bus for the Vote Leave campaign. Mm. Yeah, it's... It's it's part of a pattern, isn't it, that we we see with him and his behaviour. Like he's not very good at taking personal responsibility and like facing the truth, in a way, which is ironic because he was a journalist in a in a past life. Um, but we'll get we'll get on to that because that's important. Because yeah. another example is Nazanin Zagari Ratcliffe. Um, yes. Indeed. So I think that. Most importantly now is we have to now move on to, at the same time we're talking about this now, is that we've still got COVID. Now, plan B, mm. there's going to, in, in terms of, yeah. I'll just get your thoughts on that quickly now. Plan B, there shouldn't really have needed to be a plan B. Why wasn't mm. plan A just kept in the first place? Why did we, it's almost as if we just lost, I, I'm trying to think of the words to, to suggest it. We just we let our guard down on COVID, I think, in terms of 
Omicron and mm. the new variant. I honestly think, in my personal view, I don't know what you think, is that mask wearing shouldn't have been mm. phased out. It should have been kept. Um, yeah, I mean, it was... In a way, I, I do think it was reasonable to let go of some restrictions, like, because the vaccine rollout was going really well and cases were down, hospitalizations and deaths both way down. Mm. Um, so I think there was... You could reasonably have said, okay, well, we, we're not going to have masks be mandatory anymore. We're not going to, um, uh, what was it, get people to... No, that was the main one, wasn't it? It was masks um, this year. Um, but uh, working from home is another one. Like We're going to allow people to go back into the office, um, even if they don't need to. So I, I think some to some level that was... It was reasonable to do that but then because obviously we now have this new variant um so and like when that was first identified obviously you, you had we had the government saying oh well we we should be fine i mean we've got we've got a vaccine rollout we're giving booster jabs so there's no reason to panic really and and when certainly I, I, what i'd have liked to have heard from them at the time was a bit more Okay, we're we're going to investigate this more seriously, and if if further measures are required, then we will have them. Um, sort of, because apart from anything else, it's just like a matter of trust. Like if the government is saying one week, oh, it's fine, you know, have your Christmas parties, have your nativity plays, and then the next week, oh, actually, we're bringing masks back um, mandatorily in shops and on public transport, then people are gonna what are people meant to think make of that like are they can can they be expected to follow it can they be expected to trust the government i don't I, well, that's mm. the key point is that don't now this don't these know. stories of down street parties and again one rule for them another for us is that whether the general public are going to actually consider saying well if they can break the rules i'm going to break the rules as well so it says a plan b I'm not necessarily restrictions because it's not it's not a full lockdown. It's just things we've got to do to combat this new variant and defeat COVID, because that's the most important goal for the whole world is to, is to defeat COVID. Is that what what do you think now now about working from home, vaccine passports? I, I don't want to get into too much detail about all this because we wanted we we wanted to talk about the media side of of of, of this week. But what's your reaction to those new restrictions? Again, I say restrictions. Those new, those new things that we have to do to combat the Omicron variant and and the pandemic. What's your take on it? Um, I I think that it's it's right to have the restrictions in place. So it's right to bring back masks and and remote working. Um, but obviously the 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 timing of it that was announced earlier this week um like it does seem a little bit cynical because you know you could seem seemed almost as if they were trying to deflect from the whole party scandal um by by having it and that coupled with like the prime minister having a new baby like it's a bit of a <laughs> bit of a field day for him yeah, exactly. as far as um media is concerned i'll just i'll just point out a few things and then we'll move on to the media side of things is that i think that the new restrictions coming mm. in sure 
I'm not I'm not going to I'm not going to say that vaccine passports are the answer to things of course or not but I do think that working from home and mask wearing is important of course we mm. must point out to people who listen and everybody across the country do get yeah. your booster jab it's so important to get boosted and I obviously there are, the figures suggest that there are 5 million mm. people unvaccinated yeah. against covid in our population and I, I honestly you've got to persuade people to to get their vaccines but more points i would make now is that yeah it is an in- these stories this week have been an inconvenient because it's about trust do you trust the government and what they are telling me to do and this has broken lots of trust yeah between the public and the government now i'm going to make clear i will be following the new rules regardless to be honest i've been doing it for two years now i've had to shield my mum and everything yeah same so what I will point out is that yeah. even if none of this had ever happened, if there were no Downing Street parties whatsoever, do not tell me the Conservative MPs would not mm. have voted against this, these new rules. If there was no parties, no reports of, of, of boozing, boozy up Christmas parties in Downing Street, <coughs> the Conservative MPs who are libertarian mm. would have voted against these restrictions regardless. Yeah. Let's just point that out. I'll also say that in terms of vaccine yeah. passports, if Conservative MPs who are libertarian, mm. who like freedom and everything, if they're so against vaccine passports, then why are they yeah. in favour of bringing in voter ID at the polling stations right. when it comes to elections? And also, you must point out, curbing of protests with some of the legislation mm. that's coming through the House of Commons and the, what the government plans to right. do with limiting people's right to protest. Mm. And of course, we'll, this will be a future episode for us to discuss, the National Crime mm. Borders Bill. It's been brought through this week but we, i think we'll touch on that in a future episode now there's that we i don't think we get into that yeah. for this episode and sure in terms of the nhs oh. i saw a tweet this week from a i'm not going to name the mp but i saw a tweet mm. saying my solution to all this is to bring in more hospital beds um <laughs> we have an nhs staff shortage so yeah let's bring mm. in the beds but yeah. where are the people to operate in the nhs when you've got a staff shortage mm. <laughs> Mm. it's living in cloud cuckoo land <laughs> so it really is that's the thing and also if remember when we capped for capped clapped for carers on i can't say it, clapped for carers on our doorsteps for the nhs i don't think many of those conservative mps really give a damn about that to be fair so yeah yeah. let's see now i don't think that there is a uh, labor have already said they're going to support the government in terms of these new rules in the national interests for public health interests uh so mm. yeah we wait and see now what happens but finally now let's just focus on the media yeah. um reaction to all this right. is that um when that news broke of course this is this reflect this obviously joins to our our individual ambitions to become journalists will enter the media industry mm. is that the story the video that paul brand had of it at itv news he had that he had the video uh, several weeks before this yeah but um pippa career at the daily mirror who broke the story first um a week mm. ago she knew ab- about this yeah. slightly uh, back in january but there w- she didn't have enough sources because of course as a journalist you need many more lots of sources to back up a story she didn't have enough sources to 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 report on this and put it in the in the daily mirror but now she had more sources over time and gradually now in december at a time of 
Christmas time when it means so much to everybody yeah. that's when the story had to be reported on and she got more sources this is an this is a public interest story and I honestly I don't want you I'll let you come back in that because I've spoken so much on this episode but in your view Nat it's good journalism journalism matters it, yeah yeah for sure um and like <laughs> obviously with, with with things like this when when our government and our elected representatives are behaving badly um it's important that people are informed of that and um and that there's you know clear straight down the line um reporting and also a point point out that in terms of the lobby the lobby journalists in westminster and political journalists you you hear so many times about it being um very male dominated at this time Mm. in the last two years you've had two enormous political scoops from Pippa Creer of the Daily Mirror yeah. on Dominic Cummings mm. and now this. Yeah. So I think hats off to her really. And also yeah, absolutely. mustn't forget Nat is that the Conservative Party during the twenty nineteen general election campaign tried to ban the Daily Mirror from their battle bus yeah. from reporting mm. on them. So mm. in your view it's probably Yeah. <laughs> bit of revenge maybe you mm, might, might think yeah <laughs> and i mean i mean i know the mirror is kind of viewed as being this sort of typically um pro-labor paper um sort of more sympathetic to labor than to the conservatives but um this stuff like this just to me like it transcends goes, goes beyond um party loyalties it's about trust and integrity and accountability more than yeah. like you know vote for this party or vote for that party. And one of the things I want to touch on that is in terms of our media mm. and how they covered it. This would be the last point before we round off now. Is sure. that most of the newspapers reported on this story this week, apart from two, mm. and that is the Telegraph, Daily Telegraph, and yeah. obviously viewers can decide for their own whether they think the Sun is a newspaper or not. Um the Sun. <laughs> um now, in Private Eye magazine, obviously Ian Hislop, the editor, the Sun didn't report on this story that the, the video that IT News had gathered. They didn't report on this story because yeah. the Private Eye reported back in January this year, I think, in one of their previous editions, that the Sun, hmm. their own journalists and some of the people within the offices at the Sun, held a Christmas party at the same time as the Downing Street party. <laughs> so that's mm. why there's a case that the sun hasn't yeah. really reported on it because they can't really say mm. oh well you did a wrong thing when actually uh we did something wrong <laughs> as well so mm. and this comes back to the main thing that is that the the person you mentioned earlier um i think you said that um, jack, jack doyle he used yeah. to work for the sun and mm. allegra stratton of course, is a former ITV News journalist who's beyond BBC Newsnight as well. Yeah. Um, her husband is James Forsyth, the political editor of The Spectator. And The Spectator ran a piece this week saying, uh, don't criticise Allegra Stratton. So, I don't know about you now, but it's, we, we've, we've mm. had so much talk, rightly, about crony contracts and cronyism with, within politics yeah. and this the, the story about Tory Slees, Owen Patterson, North Shropshire by-election coming up next week. Mm. There's cronyism within our media as well, within the national papers, the national press, 
and <coughs> broadcasters, I'd say. So, what's your take now? It's just there's something that that needs reform. Yeah, I mean, I, I, <laughs> I, I definitely think that yeah, that there is a problem with that. Um, but also, I think that, um, like, I, I, I remember a blog post from Paul Wiltshire, actually, our, our course leader, um, who's been on the show before, and he said uh, a couple of years ago, it was like he was addressing someone who'd said like oh Im imagine like training to be a journalist and like going to university doing journalism only to then graduate and work for the mail or the sun or whatever and, and he said like well you know this might just be me being naive but I, I i can't think that any any of these papers really can't be like reformed from within it was all like oh i i, I hate the the worldview that these papers express, but I, I'd never discourage one of my students from working there. But I, I'd, I'd make sure that they had, they went into it with their eyes open, with you know principles, and you know ready to call out stuff that they think isn't isn't right with um, the editorial process. So I, mean, I think it kind of depends on who you've got working there and sort of what connections they have and what motives they have so I, th I think a lot of young journalists are going going into these papers because it's like literally the only option for them um but they they're not just gonna trot out the the pro boris pro conservative line um the pro murdoch line i should say um <laughs> that they're, they're gonna gonna be more crit more critical about it and so i i mean just this week we've had like the um the sun and the mail actually um the sun on, on thursday did a, a front page where it was like boris done up as the grinch and the headline was do as i say not as i christmas do <laughs> um and then the mail was like they ran with the headline one rule for them new rules for the rest of us and obviously these are papers that historically we've said oh they're they're pro-conservative they're you know just following the Murdoch line, as I said. Um and they're being much more critical of of um of Boris Johnson than perhaps they would have been in the past. I d I don't know. Like I think that these papers can be reformed and could easily be reformed, sort of from Yeah, it could be a sign that they're starting to turn, maybe. But we'll never know, of course. It, of course. And there's never of course from my point of view, there's no, yeah. there's no suggestion that it's just right-wing politics, right-wing media that are just crony. I mean, there there, there right. are examples of former Labour Party advisors who now get senior roles at, at the national newspapers, at the Guardian, and 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 um, also the, the 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 Daily Mirror, uh, and other other established mm. titles, and of course, obviously. Uh, BBC, ITV, and, and our broadcasters. So it's not suggesting it's just Conservative Party and right-wing yeah. politics. Of course, on the left there are numerous examples as well. Yeah. It's just a, it's just a thought that yeah. maybe it shouldn't always be about who you know to get into an industry that is very hard to get into. I think that is the most important point. I mean, mm. I'd love to be a political reporter for BBC. I'd love to be the political editor. I'd love to have Laura Koonsberg's mm. job. I'd love to be a, a, yeah. a political reporter for, for the times or or whatever but mm. it's incredibly hard to get yeah. into and it does take effort 
I think that sometimes it doesn't help when you have certain people who are there because of who they know um, and it whatever happens but that's a that's a topic for another day Now we could go into that into so much detail about Mm. national newspapers and who owns them and who owns the media that could be one of our uh, podcast Mm. episode lines who's who's more powerful the media or or politicians Um, (laughs) yeah that could be a good debating for an episode that could be one of our new year uh, resolutions for ideas so now we've we've spoken about the whole bombshell week of stories in Downing Street parties and obviously where it puts the Prime Minister and obviously the Mm. media reaction to it. Of course, we touched on the new Plan B restrictions on COVID. But we wait to see what happens in the next couple of days. I don't think there's any suggestion at the moment. There are grumblings on the Tory backbenches, but at the moment I don't think there is any suggestion that that Boris Johnson is going to not be Prime Minister soon I think there is mm. a possibility he may not be next year let's just put it that way but we wait to see what happens we can't yeah, really it's... call it at the moment so mm. yeah I think for now now really. uh, thank you for joining me again as, as my co-host thank you very yeah, much I think I think what we have to try and do next year is make it make mm. it a bit more I don't know entertaining sometimes have a, a bit of um <laughs> let's try and let's try, I think sometimes we could mm. try and add a bit of humour maybe sometimes is, is a good thing to do but um, mm. yeah very good this is uh, four episodes into the new new relaunch we're having for Open Agenda so thank you for those who listen um, mm. and yeah, we'll thanks, see you guys. for the next episode mm.